uh, day four uh, of this nonsense. Hello. Um, yeah, uh, golly, doing this, uh, doing a morning podcast again, or morning recording. I'm a little late in getting it up, but it is what it is. Um, my allergies are crazy. Like I have this thing, um, First of all, I feel like everybody says that, and that's probably true. It's probably like a human thing. Um, but it's like a guy in his 30s, also a very specific thing. Allergies. I mean, men older too, but I don't know. All the dudes my age are always on oh, my allergies. It's true. But there's every... Ne- well, like when it's the season too, like all of here in North Texas, all the trees are blooming and everything's coming back and going crazy um and that's part of it i'm assuming but uh in the morning like like right when i'm waking up i'm still in bed like like my body will like realize oh it's oh, okay we're awake it's time to go to freaking war is what it feels like it's like it what what happens is my face is just rejecting my body. Like my face decides to go to war with the fact that it's attached to my body. And it's just draining and sneezing and making sounds that you just, I'm not supposed to make those sounds. The, the sheer amount of fluid coming out of my face. You don't need to know these details. Nobody signed up to listen to this. <clears throat> but, yeah, like, if I don't take... The only thing that's ever worked for me, legitimately... Like, I know there's, like, Zyrtec and um, whatever else. Your normal human allergy medication... Um, it's Alka-Seltzer plus cold. The two little fizzy tablets that come in the f- flat package thing you got to rip open. They make a nighttime version, and don't make that mistake. I, I've done that a couple times where I'll just go to Walgreens, get the box, and it's a nighttime version. And I take it, and it's like, see ya, you know, by 2 p.m. Uh, you cannot even stay awake. Sorry, that's my coffee. Um... But if I sometimes, if I know, uh, I can feel it throughout the day. It's kind of, it's, it's on and off. It's bugging me. Um, and I know that that's, it's allergy time and it's, it's probably going to kill me. And I don't take Alka-Seltzer plus cold at night because it usually takes about four hours to kick in, but then I'm good for like 12 hours, which is, I'll take that. Uh, if I don't take that at night before I go to bed to give me a, a good, you know, cause like halfway through my night, it'll it'll clean like clear me up dry me out then i can like breathe normally through both my nostrils imagine that imagine having two working nostrils um if i can do if i don't do that the war in the morning is is crazy it's a full on 
Battle of Gettysburg. Of just my face against whatever. Whatever my face decides it wants to be at war with. But it's at war. <clears throat> okay, so last night... Uh, this, is a, this is a conversation that I... Um, have known I probably need to have or talk about and I uh, I don't I'm not fully canonized on this subject yet so I wonder if this is one of those things where I bring it up at times and maybe I come back to it at another time um, church music uh so went to the Bethel concert last night. They were they were on tour. It's the last stop. Um, it was in Dallas. I've never seen them live. Um, have heard about have heard about the the Bethel live show for a long thing. And notice how I'm calling it a live show, if that's a any indication. But um, I don't golly. I'm already like setting myself up with this conversation to be goofy about it. Um, I have a lot of thoughts and I have for years and they sort of conflict with each other too. Um, but this is just me talking. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to get into it as best I can. Hopefully I can, I can present the, the, um, hopefully I can talk about this in a way that's still somewhat beneficial to anybody who does decide to listen, which for some, for whatever reason, there's like quite a few of you who are listening at times. Um, I can see that stat. Not that I really care. It's not about that. But when I go to upload a new episode, it shows me stats. And it's it's kind of wild. Um, <clears throat> Bethel. Shout out Matt. Gave us tickets. Playing bass. Matt Ogden. Um, we've met once. Known about Matt just from the industry if you're kind of in the scene of knowing how the sausage is made there are certain names that pop up um on who who plays on records who's played with you know you kind of just know the names of people who play with hillsong or bethel elevation or whatever and in the bethel crew um he's he's one of the names that has been out there uh for years actually Matt Ogden on bass, also a killer piano player, also a killer guitar player, probably. Um, but shout out Matt on bass. Uh, we met once. I Instagram DM'd him out of the blue to ask him if he would play bass on a recording I was doing. And he said yes. And then he crushed it. And we did another one. And he crushed it. And he's got a third one sitting in his inbox waiting for me to tell him to go for it. Because um, we're still finishing up production on it. Um, but they were in, they were in town. He reached out also actually and said, Hey, we're, we're coming to town and, um, yeah, hooked us up. It's great. Great seats. Um, it was awesome. Matt, you're a killer bass player. Chords on the bass on I will exalt is crazy. Um, <clears throat> okay. So where do I start with this? Um, there's a lot and I apologize. Hopefully you can track with thoughts. Um, 
I, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit everything. I'm not gonna go through all all the thoughts. It's it, there's too there's too much. It's gonna be in layers. I'll get to the data. I'll get to the spreadsheet that I made about the religious landscape study breakdown of America and what percentage of charismatic affiliated churches are providing the resources for 90% of the churches and what, what percentage of the rest of those churches actually are. And like, it's, it's a whole study. It's a whole thing. Um, uh, Amanda cook is him. Uh, that starters. I'm just gonna rattle off thoughts um, from what I remember. Amanda cook is him is her. Is she? Uh, uh, yeah, she has a very particular gifting to be able to do that thing that she she did. She opened up the set on a, on a piano. Just her went through a couple, you know, probably four or five song half songs. Went through a few. Um, was awesome, engaging. People are singing, you know. Um, but they wanted to start the show that way, um, which is awesome. And, um, yeah, she, she crushed it. it it's, uh, that ability. I, I, every church wishes they had and pretends at time at times like they have that, um, that, uh, somebody who's not a name who is, not famous, but who can, um, step in and lead like that. And it wasn't even leading. I, I wouldn't even necessarily say she was leading that well. There were times where she was like, yeah, intentionally leading. Um, but it's, it was like, like David, like biblical David, just skilled and, uh, pouring her heart out, but from a sheer place of just talent and skill. She could play piano, she had hands, but voice runs, and it was this weird push and pull of, because when, when, when a singer, instrumentalist, whatever, performer, starts to go into their thing, um, the distance between you and them gets really gets really small because they're coming towards you with something and then when they're just playing something that's simple and and is engaging and it sort of expects to draw you in there's that dance where you are now that distance is small again but now you are close to them um it's you coming in to their space and then they start they lean into their thing again hit a few runs and it's back they're in your space and it's and that dance of drawing you in, but then yeah, pushing you back out, and being able to like just jump right in your face, that's a skill. Um, that's yeah, that's a thing. And I would say she she definitely has that. Um, not there there are few that have that ability, um, and it was it was really cool sitting in that um being engaged by that i was disappointed in the mix um sort of actually extremely disappointed in the mix 
heard for years. I know the Bethel thing, the live, it's insane. It's crazy. And I'm sure probably at a certain point it was. This, is, this also didn't feel like that tour um, where they were trying to do that thing um, and just go insane with the volume and, the, and all the stuff. But it was quiet. It wasn't, it wasn't that quiet. It was just quieter than I was hoping. And the drums were castrated. Kick drum was super loud, but everything was like, it's like 30 hertz. You know, it was like 95 dB, 98 dB, but mostly 30 to 80. Like everything was, all the energy was coming from down low, um, which was cool. It helped hug the room, but there was that pop off on the snare just was not there. I've seen a lot of sh concerts um, in big venues and like rock and roll settings where, you know, you pay a big ticket price to go see a, a band do a thing. And yeah, that snare comes in and it just rips your face off. Like that's the energy I was hoping for because it would have really popped off those arrangements. Um, yeah, just ex it was almost there, like execution wise. I'm being really critical, but I'm just ta I'm just talking, so forgive me. Um, moments were awesome. Um, the hits were the hits. Uh, huh. I think. I have I have another theory too, and this is this this will get wild. Um, the uh, how much you sing about Jesus versus how much you sing about God, and it, that again another rabbit hole of well that depletes on what you your view of the Trinity is Jesus God is God Jesus. What about the preeminence of Christ? I I, I understand, uh, but there's a delineation there is a delineation in the fact that there are two names um and every song that goes hard that's evergreen meaning that you can just pull off pull out anywhere is usually about god um hmm. um <clears throat> living hope went crazy uh son of suffering went crazy few of the others um they did a couple mashups that was that yeah that were awesome um the jesus and god thing that's that that's a that's a running theory but also i have some evidence not evidence but just trying to back that up with some things and it's not a uh it's not like a, a cerebral thing like people know that they're singing about god so they're going to sing louder i think it's i think it's way deeper than that I think nobody knows what's happening in the room. Um, but that's our job to know. Um, hmm. Worship concerts typically are your favorite worship team just hard flexing on your local band because most of the people in there know those songs because their local church is singing them or they they listen to Christian music um, and their local church band cannot come anywhere near that. Um, and uh, that's, that's part of my tension with the rig of touring worship things um, is, yeah, it's just sheer intimidation not intimidation i don't know, flexing um it's the big boys and 
you wish your church worship team could do this and they can't because it's way more expensive. They don't have the lights. They don't have the PA. Your pastor won't let it be that loud. Also, that band is killer. Um, those singers, you don't have them. You have like a watered-down Powerade version of it at your local church. And these tours are making money on that that's the cynical side of it the non-cynical side of it is it's a bunch of people getting together to worship god which is primarily what uh what i think is happening i I would that's i would say that's the primary premise that's a yes i I believe that this is a general generally an innocent thing now here's the hot take Here's the real hot take. I mean, I have a cynical view. If you know me, that's like a very easy, easy slope for me to go down. Um, I have a cynical of of all things. I'm just a generally like side eye person. Like, hey, what's really going on? Um, it gets me in trouble, but it makes me me. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like you know, you paid a ticket price to come worship Jesus is is a very easy cynical route, and that's not you know, I'm not really gonna fault anybody for that or or whatever i've done it i was there last night we didn't pay but it um i don't want to criticize a group of people paid or not whether they paid or not i'm not going to criticize the fact that thousands of people came together and casted their thoughts towards god or the person of jesus or gratitude towards Jesus, I, that nothing about that uh, deserves to be um, pooped on. The real hot take is, uh, wow! All right, we're gonna go here. Um, I think corporate worship, the worship of God in a corporate setting. So this is outside of you casting worship um, to or on God in your own private time. It's prayer, you know, it's communion, communion with Christ, a communion with God um, in a setting of prayer or whatever. Outside of that, the, the corporate version of that, where there are people gathered in his name to do that thing, I think I believe Again, this isn't uncanonized. I think I believe that that is saved for the church in the same way sex is saved for marriage. I think the corporate bringing together of people to cast worth on God in a corporate setting together in a place with other humans is saved for the governance of church in the same way that sex is saved for the governance of marriage. It has a purpose and a reward. That is the reward for the communion in some ways, you could look at a bit sex as a reward for the communion. If you've been married for any long period of time, you know that's just not. Yeah, sex isn't like porn. Like it, it, there's relationship, and the hard work, 
and being together and part of that dance of being with another human, the ups and downs, the lefts and the right is to be able to commune in intimacy in that way to connect. And I wonder if that is also not the place of worship is under the covering of a church. Um, it's the only biblical precedent for it. Now, I have nobody in here to give me pushback, so... Haha. You know? There's my theory. Deal with it. But... Um, I'm going to get even more weird and say... If you have been a part of worship things for a, a long time maybe as long as I have been on stages, been in settings, you know, been in rooms receiving, but also been on stage. Um, oh man, this is going to get weird. <laughs> you can't <laughs> convince me. You can't tell me <laughs> that there is not something slightly sexual about worship music. <laughs> I'm going to just let that one set because most of you, if you, you know, you kind of know what I'm talking about. There's a, there's an element of surprise and, um, mutual submission. I, yeah. You can't, there are, there have definitely been times where it's like, this is kind of sex, sexual, <laughs> sensual at least. That's really weird. I'm sorry to say that. But I said it. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, on that theory, uh, I think that's where I feel like maybe the most, um, if I have reservations in settings where people are going to, you know, pay a ticket price or not pay a ticket price. And just a bunch of people, you know, thousands or tens of thousands in the case of like, you know, last night, but I don't know how it wasn't 10, it wasn't 10,000, it was thousands, but the elevation tours come in, you know, they're hitting the big thing. They're at the, they're at this, the stadium where um, the Mavericks play, you know, it's like they're playing all the big rooms across the country. Um, And yes, I do not fault that like a gathering of a bunch of people coming together um, to like, to worship God in a city, like there should, there's nothing wrong. That's actually, that's really amazing. But does it belong under the covering of church community and that thing, all the things that come with church, all the church things, you know, you know, each other for better, or for worse. And this family's fighting with that family and there's drama over this. And you, you know, some, we know we've paid this person's bills. This person has um, come up on a rough patch or this family's come up on a rough patch and we're here for them. And down the road, they might be here for us. And like all the, just the church community things um, is, is the worship of God not saved for that. And I, I, I wonder, um, do I have much biblical evidence for that? I, you could say no, but you could also say the only time that happened was in church. The only time we see people getting together to sing songs. Um, 
yeah, was was happening in church. And so, yes, yes, maybe there is a biblical precedent. So, um, yeah, um, that's sort of my, that's my two cents. Hopefully it didn't take too long to get there, but um, I don't know. Uh, maybe we circle back to that at some point. I, I am probably going to have some people on the pod. I really said the pod. That's insane. I'm like, actually, it's four days, folks. I, it's four days in and I'm saying the pod. I don't know after 30 days if I'm going to be doing this. Um, not that I don't love it. I actually do enjoy it's there again. It's therapeutic for me, but these are my thoughts. Um, I'm going to have some people on. I think at some point, uh, babe is coming on. We're going to do a marriage one. Um, I think people are going to like that one because people like her and people don't like me. She'll even this thing out, but we'll, she's going to, I think Monday she'll come around. We'll do a marriage thing. Um, I'm probably going to have one of my kids on so they can just Gen Z the freak out of me. And I want to fix all the millennials. I don't really, but I've definitely hit that point where my kid will show me something he thinks is hilarious and I don't get it. Dang, man. I thought being a young dad, like oh, I'm, I'm going to be cool, you know, for all of my kids. Like I'm going to be with it, hip. And I would say in general, that's true. You know, I do know some guys who have the same age kids as me and they're in their 60s and the gap is wild, you know. Um, it's not that for me and also no hate if that's you. But, um, you know, my kids will, they'll be laughing about stuff that I have. I can't find it. Like I just, I'm not, I don't see it. So, um might have one of them or both of them mom. That could be crazy. I got a couple other maybe church church buddies, church like leadership guys that um might end up jumping on. Um I have my my at this point it's slated my friend uh Ransom Jackson who has three Grammys and uh has written a bunch of church hits. Um and a bunch of other stuff too. He's a killer killer songwriter producer he's coming into town and i think we're gonna spend a couple days together writing working on stuff um and i might make him just sit on the couch and do this pod with me also somebody else there's another musician in town who's also really famous um who is i've hired for a couple things um he might hop in on some sessions i come down to the house basically if you come down to the house to work on something i'm gonna trap you into saying to talking into a mic so he might be on um I might do some uh, Zoom ones. I've got a really great church leader friend in Atlanta um, who's, yeah, it's just, he gets it. When he and I start talking about church things, the pace at which we can talk about it is lightning speed because we both have nearly 20-ish years of, he, he's got about 20 years of full-time ministry experience, probably more. I'm, I'm close to that. Um he's awesome um some avenue folks maybe uh i hesitate with that only i don't want it to be too close like too close to proximity like i an executive pastor there and then i'm like getting into the nitty-gritty of the thing uh that's that'd be my only hesitation but also down um yeah so 
think that's about it. I might be cutting a short today. I, I, I was going to get into all the, the spreadsheets and the and the stuff. I thought about it, but I don't think I'm, I don't think I can right now. I think I want to let it stew maybe a couple more days and then maybe roll out that full presentation or maybe I roll that out when other, when I have somebody in the room with me. Uh, I'm not sure, but that's all I got. Thanks folks. Bye.